let me address the maintenance angle of this, right? And those manufacturers who've already got their MDR certification are now looking at a significant uh, workload, both from an investment and a resource perspective in terms of maintenance. And that's not ending, it's coming every year, right? So in terms of order of completion of relevant documents and how much time do you allocate for each document, because almost everybody is grappling with this. So I like to think of this in terms of three distinct paths, um, right? And the first path or the bucket would be would be involving your PMCF report, right? Most likely you're conducting some kind of a proactive PMCF. You'll need to if you're not. So the PMCF report, literature searches for your state of the art, literature searches for your device evaluation, device under evaluation, that's your subject device. That's one path, one bucket. The second bucket, is your CP with CDP, your CER, and your PMCF plan, which is for your next round. And the third path or bucket is your PSUR, SSCP, review of device labeling, applicable standards, and risk management documents. So now you have three distinct paths that cannot actually happen in parallel. It'll need to be in series because data and outputs from each one need to feed into each of the buckets. Okay, I'm just gonna repeat that. First bucket involves PMCF report, lit searches for your um, state of the art and subject device. Second bucket is CPCR PMCF plan for the next round. Third bucket is PSUR SSCP, device labeling review, applicable standards review, and risk management documents. Now, um, you will need a particular window around each one of these paths or buckets. And really the span of the window will depend on how big your product portfolio is. It could be as short as two weeks, or it could be as broad as a month, month and a half. Anything longer that, than that can be really tricky because you need to include all possible data within that certain window, at least for your PSUR. And PSUR is not something that can be completed first. So something to bear in mind, Think of it in terms of three different buckets, put a window around each one of those, and that the breadth of that window, span of that window will depend on the number of resources and how broad your product portfolio is. Okay. So I'm gonna to pivot to question, uh, the next question, question eight. What does a best-in-class EUMDR program look like from a resourcing and program management perspective? So I'm expecting we're probably gonna have a couple different perspectives here potentially three different perspectives here. You know, Notify Body, you're receiving this submission, so you're interacting with the team from the outside. Jay, you're you're providing consulting support to a bunch of different clients, and you came from a Notify Body, so you bring that perspective as well. And Brian, you're on the inside where you're you're trying to you're trying to climb the mountain and then ultimately get something through the Notify Body for a review. So how if you went back and did it all over again, what would you do different from a structuring perspective? Um, yeah, so structure perspective, I, I think I started where, you know, we have the uh, rubber band. We have large team, we have small team, uh, you know, to Fermilla's point, you know, how do you plan the reviews? I think in it, you hear it through different product development, you know, philosophies, just generally in engineering. I would say spend far more time than you think aligning, agreeing on strategy. And that could be a smaller team that's a full tight alignment with your notified body and talking through with, with scheme managers, you know, what pathways make sense. Like that pre-agreement um, would help a lot, of, a, a lot just to set an appropriate plan because 
the worst thing is, is you, you set off six months down the road, there's this point of pause where you say, wait, did we take the wrong strategy? What's going on here? And that's a pretty, you don't want to be in that space. So spend a lot of time with that pre-agreement, those, the strategy and, and working through the resourcing. So that's kind of the first big bucket that, that I wish I would have, if I could go back, I would spend a lot of time on. Um, the second one then is when it gets to the execution, um, you know, have, have the team, the core resources, like Jay mentioned, I like those three buckets because those are the ones that I saw as well. Uh, make sure you have dedicated resources or people on call when you get to them that they can fully focus. Uh, and I'm a big fan of, you know, clear, clear people's calendars. Don't try to do it, you know, here and there. Um, it's easiest if it's fully focused and, and you get your group working on it tightly. And the last thing I would do is I would, if, if there's enough resources, set up a kind of an independent reviewer uh, before stuff is sent to the notified body. And in, not external to the business, but someone who's just a little bit removed from the, the core effort. Because as all things go, you're going to have a pile of information and data, and you're trying to piece together this this, uh, this technical file while also managing internal expectations and communications. Stuff just gets lost. And to Terminal's point, you know, notified buyers are seeing it that the documents aren't provided. So have that one last check before documents are sent. So uh, just in quick summary, you know, really focus on the strategy and alignment before you begin. Make sure you have named resources ready or on call, and then have that one last check for the independent reviewer, uh, or some way of making sure that what you send will meet what the, the notified body is expecting. And, and the whole intent is smooth, because smooth is fast. Uh, any hiccups are not fast, right? Yeah, I was going to say, from our point of view, I mean, we obviously, as as the teams get bigger, you find that there there are differences between reviewers. So, you know, as a notified body, we're working um, really hard to sort of calibrate between assessors. I don't know, Brian, obviously, with his simultaneous reviews, must have had two different assessors. And, you know, what, what manufacturers don't want to see is conflicting information because then they don't know what to believe. So, you know, we try really hard to calibrate. Um, we try really hard to also have consistency in time so that you, you aren't getting invoiced differently for the same types of tasks. So, yeah. And, and obviously, as we get better with doing our assessments, get better with sampling, sampling in the right way, then we can obviously take on more applications as well. So hopefully that should ease the resourcing issues. All right. Um, I've got a slew of items. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, best, what does the best-in-class EU program look like in, in my head from a management and a resourcing perspective, right? Clearly, from what we've heard from Brian and Charmilla, there are strategic and tactical aspects to it, right? You neglect that at your own peril. You'll need a very clear understanding of your notified body's expectations and plan to it, plan around it. For example, Notified bodies don't want all PSURs hitting them on, you know, May of every month. So they will likely be willing to, to space it out according to your maybe certificate anniversary or whatever it is to know what that expectation is. That's just one example. There are many. You'll, you'll need, as a manufacturer, you'll need an owner for the effort, 
right? Someone like a project or a program manager, depending on how broad or big, or big your portfolio is. You'll need a very clear understanding of what aspects of the tactical piece will be handled internally by you as a manufacturer versus what needs to be outsourced. This will depend on your resourcing situation, right? You will need a very clear understanding of the frequency and timing of your QMS audits, microbiology audits. And I tell you what, this becomes very tricky if you have a broad portfolio and multiple notified bodies involved across your portfolio. So think about consolidating the number of notified bodies. You don't have to put all your eggs in one basket. But if you have more than three, man, it becomes really, really hard to, to manage. You'll be hosting audits every month. It will seem that way. And then also consider that unannounced audits have restarted. So there'll be that as well. You'll get, you'll get a lot of audits. So, so careful on that front. Have a clear understanding of notified body expectations around tech file sampling for subclass three devices and PMS commitments across your portfolio. This is huge. So, no, so make sure you have a good handle on that. Once again, good handle on what your notified body considers to be significant changes. This is a big one. The playing field is not level in the EU. This can have significant impact. So be in tune, lockstep with your notified body, okay? A clear idea of data cuts for ongoing proactive PMCF activities, because that can impact the three buckets that I just named in response to the previous question. A clear idea and plan around the three buckets when it comes to documentation updates. You know, to Brian's point, do you have individual reviewers for each of these documents? What does the approval look like? How many rounds of review will you will suffice for each one of those documents and those buckets per se? And then very importantly, given the current situation, dedicated resources to monitor updates to applicable standards and then generating impact assessments based on the same. The bigger your product portfolio, the more painful and in some cases more impactful this is. So these are the items that I would consider and keenly watch and manage in terms of what would make a best-in-class EU program.